Hello there, my name is Terry and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. This episode is all about pitching, the steps to put together a killer pitch bible, how to connect with studios to give your pitch to, how to follow up with them effectively, and even which animation conferences are great to pitch at. And on top of all this, something really special I'm excited to share with you is that today's guest, who is seasoned in pitching, even made her pitch bible template available to you for free. It's packed with excellent tips and tricks, and all you have to do is fill it out with your show specifics and your pitch bible is complete. And this is especially great if you're putting together your first pitch. So to get your copy, just check the links in the description of this episode. It's called Pitch Bible Basics. Now, the person I'm talking to today, like I said, is seasoned when it comes to pitching TV shows. So much so that she's created a studio whose number one focus is to pitch original concepts. And her name is Katia Griffles, and she is the owner of Glow in the Dark Concept Studios, which operates out of Burbank, California. So she is going to bestow all her pitching wisdom on you and also share the really interesting story of how she got into animation in the first place. But something else really interesting is how we actually met. Last November at the Toronto Animated Arts Festival International Conference, we both ended up becoming finalists in the pitching round in front of the whole conference, which was an amazing experience. So I was able to pitch my preschool show called The Silly Duck Wizard, which is about a wizard who only knows dumb spells about ducks. And Katia and her partner Maureen pitched We're Woofs, which is about a pack of misfit kids who discover they can turn into dogs after they're exposed to a leak from a mysterious facility. Now, before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the awesome team at startastudio.com. Start a Studio is a new online school focused on the business side of animation. They have both free and paid courses, an online community, and downloads to help you succeed in your animation career and build your own cool, creative, and viable animation studio. All the content is written and presented by experienced animator and studio founder, John Draper, and you can use the unique disc and you can use the unique discount code AIP as an and you can use the unique discount code AIP as an animation industry podcast in their checkout to save 20% on their popular Pro Studio startup course. So, whether you're looking to So, whether you're looking to up your freelance game or plan in lot So, whether you're looking so whether you're looking to up your freelance game or plan and launch your own animation company, check out startastudio.com. Now let's jump into the chat. This episode is sponsored by the awesome team at startastudio.com. Startastudio is a new online school focused on the business side of animation. They have both free and paid courses, an online community, and downloads to help you succeed in your animation career and build your own cool, creative, and viable animation studio. All the content is written and presented by experienced animator and studio founder John Draper. And you can use the unique discount code AIP as an animation industry podcast in the checkout to save 20% on their popular pro studio startup course. So whether you're looking to up your freelance game or plan and launch your own animation company, check out startastudio.com. Now let's jump into the chat. So hi, Katia. How are you doing today? Really great to have you on the chat. So excited. <laughs> Hello, how are you? I don't always meet. I'm, I'm good, thanks. I don't always meet uh, who's coming on the podcast chat in real life, but I'm glad we talked in real life last fall before uh, we ever did the podcast because it's cool to meet people too. 
Um, so today I want to talk about kind of your journey into creating like the really unique studio setup that you have, because most studios that I've talked to, their primary focus is on commercial work. And then their secondary focus is on creating their own IPs and like pitching those things. But you, uh, with Glow in the Dark Studio, your primary focus seems to be on creating original IPs. And then your secondary focus is the commercial work, which is like the opposite of everybody else. And I haven't really come across a studio like that before. So I want to talk all about that and pitching and everything because you're like a master at this. Uh, but first, I love to know uh, why you chose this industry because from my experience, uh, nobody gets into animation because they're like, oh, it's a super lucrative and easy career. They get into it for the love of it and something drives them to do it. So what is that for you? So for me, it's been like a whole like, weird wonky journey um i always like storytelling i i wanted to be kind of like a writer or an artist as i was a kid uh, i have dyslexia so i cannot really write really well and i figure out like if i was drawing that would be like a better thing and it's like that's something i can get better and i'm not going to be judged right um so i'm from spain uh there is obviously clearly not animation in spain i mean now it's starting but when i started it was like not really uh so i went to the comics um, so that's how I started. I love storytelling and then comics have like the perfect little amount of words for me to handle and like great like visuals. Uh, I love that they could create stories the beginning to the end um, and that was really really fun except it doesn't really pay very well and it gets really lonely like super lonely. Um, so since I was really determined to make storytelling as a career um, I decided to come to the States and then I felt like you know what Animation seems like a really fun group activity that they can be part of it that involves a lot of people. Um, but I, it's still very creative. It's still like does um, art and stuff. And and you see it like on TV or in a film. And I didn't know anything about animation when I started um, my BFA. Like really like nothing. I learned all of it in. Uh, but I just learned to really love it. Um, and then that, like, it bounced in a couple of places, um, and then it ended the glow in the dark, which just kind of brings together everything I really love, like storytelling, but also the the different medias, which I kind of really like too. Okay, so you you originally just wanted to tell stories and decided that writing wasn't your thing, so you're going to draw. Yeah. Did you did you try to push a career as a comic book artist first before yeah. you decided animation? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I was a former comic book artist um, in Spain for like a couple of years and I published like a couple of books um, when I was very young. Uh, I did at some point it was not really like sustainable because I couldn't really pay my bills. It was like so many hours and I had to have like every other job like aside for it. Um, so I decided to like stop for a second, like save up and then try to go like like a college degree because I thought that was important to work in animation. Ah, so you really didn't find comics to be your thing, I guess, but how did you, so you said you stopped and saved up and then you came to the States at some point. How did you take that big risk, uh, like all at once? Well, I didn't have anything. Um, so it was, it was not really a risk for me. It was like, perhaps for better, you know, okay. uh, when I came to the States, I was, I was fairly young. I think I was like 23 or 24, maybe 24. Um, so I was not really losing anything for applying to a school and trying to see if I was getting scholarship. Like I, I didn't have any, uh, and moving was a big gap, but I was not really happy with where I was. So I felt like any place 
better than this. Um, clearly, like, I love comics, but they don't want to do it professionally because there are certain stuff I didn't really quite agree with it. Um, so, so yeah, it was, it was not like a risk. It was like an opportunity, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So how did you, so you, you like jump, I feel like you jumped ahead to glow in the dark, but how did you go from college to having your own studio? Like, right. What is the, what is in between that? <laughs> like, how, why? <laughs> yeah. So I came very convinced, uh, to the States that I wanted to do an internship in a big company. I wanted to learn and I do, I did wanted to work in a big studio. I, I that was my dream. This is where I came and I was so like Pixar surfing. or Nickelodeon or something like that. Yeah, I wanted to work at Disney or okay. either or. Um, yeah, those were my, my top goals. Um, and when I was in school, um, I did like a really cool mentorship with Laura Bobby that she was working at Disney. So I got the opportunity to kind of like see how it was the studio inside. And I learned a lot from her, like the passion that she had for movies. Like it was very contagious, really. Uh, I, I just wanted to like exactly be like her. And like I was amazed, right? Um, but then... When, when it was my turn to do things, um, after graduation, I was like hire um, a Disney consumer products. And I also did like an internship at DreamWorks uh, consumer products. Uh, and in both parts, um, it was consumer products, but weird enough, I landed in positions where pitching was very important. Uh, when I was at DreamWorks, that they stayed quite a long time. Um, sure, it was part of the consumer product, but somehow we hear pitches for movies. And I just grow like, like, I don't know, I was like, what, you can do this? Why am I sitting here drawing, like, dolls and dresses? Like, I oh would be gosh. talking about stories. And, like, my whole, like, storytelling um, passion kind of, like, came back. And then all of a sudden, I, I realized it's not that I wanted to work in a big studio because that was meaningful to me. I just wanted to work in stories that were meaningful to me. And perhaps if I stayed in a big studio... That will have take a long time and I'm very yeah. patient. Um, so I kind of like realized I had like enough freelance uh, that they could start a little venture without really losing anything because I so they really had like a study family or like nobody to support. It was just myself. Right. And it was like, I don't know, there's people that have dreams like buying a house or or having a dog or things like that. I'm like, I, my dream is to tell stories. And if that means I'm going to put all my savings into a crazy venture, but that's a story, right? Yeah. Hey, what? That's what I'm doing right now. Right. <laughs> also, fun fact: I had an interview with Disney Consumer Products in Canada, in Toronto, but it wasn't on the drawing side. It was more like um, being like a project manager to like sell products, and mm -hmm. agencies would create the artwork, I guess. Yeah. So, were you you were working at Disney Consumer Products drawing like Disney princesses for like furniture and stuff? Uh, I was uh, I was a little bit of a so I was in a project that's the original thing that they hired me that they cannot talk about but it involves storytelling and then after that project I was moved into the princess department so yes I was designing dresses for princess the princess dolls oh I'm not that much of a princess myself I'm more like a pirate <laughs> but it was really cool because there's the princess department and then the Star Wars department and the Marvel department and everybody's like really into wherever their department is right and well, share a floor. Um, it was a really good time. I, I, I learned a lot and I, I love toys. So there was like no wrong or like stepping there for a little bit. So, yeah. 
So for me, uh, I also like something that you said about, you know, not realizing pitching was a thing, because for me, I was working my day job in my uh, SEO career, mm. and I randomly connected with somebody on LinkedIn who invited me to come for a tour at Toonbox Entertainment, which is a feature film studio here. And like I went and there was like 150 people working on a feature film. And I was like, there's an animation industry thriving <laughs> and people make money here. Like, I didn't realize this was a thing at all. Right. So that like opened my eyes completely. And now I've like turned my life around. But for you, it was like, pe like hearing that people can pitch to studios. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was also like it was it was impressive because when I again when I was at DreamWorks it was starting consumer products, it was like barely the bare bones. Um and as an intern you just go and take notes on wherever it's happening, right? Like it's not you're kind of invisible. But that was a great opportunity for me to to see all these people that like had these these stories that they wanted them to become movies. I'm like, oh, they're normal people. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Right. It feels like all of like when you watch a movie or a TV show or something, you're like Hollywood somewhere, I guess, like yeah. people that are nameless, faceless magicians make this right? stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I try to tell that to more people because people because because of my pitching experience, a lot of people would be like, oh, my gosh, I have an idea. What do I do? And I'll be like, just go to a studio. And a lot of studios have a, a development team and just like. Yeah. Email them your pitch, not email exactly. them your pitch, but say I have a pitch. <laughs> it like even like for me, I know that sounds weird, but like when I learned that development was a thing, it was like out of our center already. It's been like four years of my degree. I'm out. I've been working for a year, and now I'm learning that there yes. is a freaking development team. I'm like, why nobody told me before? I could choose the route, <laughs> but. So how did you go from your eyes being open to now uh, running a studio where you focus on pitching? <laughs> oh, wow. It was um, actually it was like a really hard story uh, because uh, before uh, I was brave enough to decide that was my path, I had like a really big um, clash of um, dreams because I realized the dream I thought I had and what I wanted to be is not who I wanted to be. Therefore, I had no dream anymore, you know, like mm -hmm. it didn't really happen like magically like, oh, I'm. I'm not into that, but I'm into this. So I went into not a big depression, but like a really big creative block um, because I I was like, oh, I I came to a different country to do this thing I thought I I loved, and I did it, and I don't like it, and I don't know why I don't like it, and I'm I'm very unhappy. Um, but there's nothing wrong with the companies I'm working because they are fantastic. It's me. I'm the problem. Like what what the hell? Um, and just realizing one day uh, that you're the life that you thought you wanted, it doesn't make sense anymore. So I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I, I had like a big old creative block. And the way I overcome it, it was doing comics. I was like, well, I cannot really find a job on that state. I'm just gonna handle like whatever freelance I have. I didn't even wanted to do that, but I'm like, I, I must find something to do. And then I started to do comics. Um, a little bit about like myself and how I was feeling, and then little by little, I started realizing like. I, it's not that I hate comics, it's just I hate being alone. Like, I, I do like stories and I do like telling things and, and comics is very similar to pitching. Uh, and I do love that. And just by, by writing about myself and like getting over my drama, um, I, I definitely decided like, hey, well, I like pitching. And then I look online and I'm like, well, there's nothing about it. And there's no studios that just do that. And I'm like, well, if the job I want doesn't exist, I'm just going to make it. 
Well, I like that. So, so how do you feel now that you do this full time? Um, I'm really excited. Like, I think it's been like a, such a change of like my, not only my personality, but like how I take things is like, I, I feel like I'm a privileged person to be able to wake up every morning and go to work on something I really like, besides the struggles, because there are many. So it's not like, like a rainbow path at all. It's like, it's really like, we like this, like cricket. Uh, but uh, I, I feel really lucky and I enjoy it and I love telling stories and and I'm just I decided that that was a risk I wanted to take I gave myself like I don't know five years if in five years this doesn't really move forward because starting a business is really hard they all decide what's my next room but for now I'm still on my five years five. so what, <laughs> what year are you in I'm on year it's gonna be year four. Oh wow so you're next coming up year, on the end of five yeah it's so coming up. uh do you feel that you are like so you started your dream wanting to tell stories and you did that through comics and realized that that was too lonely so you went to animation but then you realized that that wasn't exactly for you so you you've gone back now to, to telling stories i guess with other people the stories you want to tell and that mm. is expressed through pitching do you feel completely fulfilling yourself and your dream of what you want to be doing here or do you think there's still a next step that you haven't yet reached well I think the beauty of the pitches and the beauty of like telling stories like once you can tell a story you can put it anywhere and there's like all of a sudden I discovered that perhaps it was being really stubborn on like oh I just want to make pitches for movies perhaps right but no I can make books I can make comics again I can make video games if I want and I can learn that and there's so much I can learn and so much I can do on my own and if I wrangle people around like I'm doing we're doing so much together and and it's just great and i think that's like kind of like just like let me lose in a playroom full of stuff and i just want to play with everything yeah do you do you but do you i guess my first thought on that is like master of none even though you are like having fun and everything like if you're pitching video games and movies and tv shows like do you think that's spreading yourself too thin or it's like you're focusing on really great pitches and it doesn't matter what you're pitching um, I am, my main focus is like great pitches and I am not, I mean, now I'm like only focusing on serialized content. Mm. It doesn't matter um, what it is for because I, I like to adapting things to different stuff. And I agree with you, like, like trying to pitch to every other thing is like trying to do so many things. So what, the, what we've been focusing is that serialized content. Uh, and if it fits on a TV show, then it's great. And if the TV show needs to be a trilogy, it's still a serialized content. If it needs to be like a comic book collection, it's still a serialized content. If it's going to be like a one movie of something, that that's not it. Okay. Um, so, and a video game, I'm, I haven't done it. That's one of the things I will be excited. I would love to learn. Uh, I hope it comes someday, but yeah. <laughs> little steps. So can you give like a, I guess, an overview of what Glow in the Dark Studio, what you do today? Like yeah. how big you are, like what you what you produce, what your thing is, like all that stuff. So we're very little. Uh, we're basically like a four people studio. One of them usually is an intern. Uh, we have in staff two writers, which are wonderful, and they help me like a lot with kind of their ideas and their passion. And we have a secondary artist because sometimes um, I feel there's people that draw better than I or like they have better styles and I think it's wonderful that I can count with their help because uh, I, I don't mean to draw everything on my own. I mean, that's crazy. 
and then we all kind of look over like the business part of it because it's very difficult for me to do. And a day at the studio, it's usually really chaotic. Like there's usually like random mails that we have to prioritize, but we also have our stories that we touch base uh, weekly. There are different stage of development. Um, so it's really fun for me to jump one story to another um, in different stages. For instance, we're finishing a Bible for a preschool story. Uh, at the same time, we're just starting with an original pitch with somebody, like a new collaborator, we're, we're just signing in. Uh, and at the same time, uh, we just submitted last week uh, two hour stories to a competition in Czechia, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, so a lot of prepping for that. Uh, we also started like a Patreon and then we're looking to self-publishing books this year because we have so many stories made as well to do books because we can do it and why not? Nice. Uh, so yeah, it's like a lot of things. It'll be like, whoa, like, but everything like, happens. Like print books? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. You mentioned that you were going to a, um, a competition. I, that's one thing I want to touch on too, because I know you've been to like literally every animation conference ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so you're four years in, uh, how does it, you know, you, you said it's amazing to wake up and, and like do this every day. Uh, what is the most difficult part of this whole process or having a studio or starting it or like one thing that I think of is like I just be very scared about the future. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I mean, that's something that's scary and, and and like waking up with the energy to believe in yourself. That's also really draining because I mean, I I pull that machine because I have this dream, but not everybody have this dream, you know, um, so just to. When we have like a bump, though we do have big bumps and sometimes it's really scary to just have to be that person that's like, it's okay, we'll get out of this. I think those are the hardest parts. Um, like, yeah, getting everybody on track or like even myself. So, sometimes I wake up and, and I, I have bad days and I also don't believe in it. Uh, but then my husband makes me believe in it and I'm like, I'm back on this. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's hard sometimes. I was going to ask you, what do you do to to get back on track? But I guess your husband is uh, that person that gets you back yeah, on track. He's a, he's a great person that like, sees me. He's like, no, little steps. And I'm like, little steps. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, okay. So kind of the, one of the main things that you do is pitching. But um, from what I know about pitching is from the moment you pitch, it can take years to even get optioned. And then once something is like optioned, it can take like, years to get developed so how are you managing that as part of your business model if if like uh you can't i guess really control how many pitches you sell or the time period that they right. get made in exactly i cannot control uh what they sell and i always think is having as a goal of the company like we're gonna sell a pitch a year that's really um unrealistic because i mean that's not up to me and it's up to luck most of the time However, I can control how many stories I can make in a year. Mm -hmm. And I know as long as I keep making enough stories to have something new, uh, people will remember me. And what we try to have is at least, last year was crazy. Last year we did like more stories than never. We did like nine. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, this year we're going to keep it a little bit shorter. We're going to like do four, I think. Uh, but yeah, I will say every three months we have like a new story. Sometimes there are months that we have like more than one going on. Uh, and we just like test it and see if people is interesting, we go pitch and then we move it forward. And if not, we'll just like shelve it or like put in in a different route for like now books, right? For example. Gotcha. Uh, but the idea, the idea is to make 
a lot of stories to be super creative and to make sure every story is different. So you have a library of maybe like, I don't know, two, two dozen or something yeah. stories. Um, how do those pay off for you if you can't control whether they sell or not, I guess? Well, I mean, I use my first, um, I mean, we do a lot of freelance. So I do, I, I got lucky to do like a lot of the stories that we did the first year um, to establish like contacts, like create like a relationship with um, like people. I would like be able to pitch to get to learn them. And I use those stories as an, I mean, of course I want them to be made, but it was also like my goal on it. It was like, try to get to know these people, to get to know the studios where I wanted to be, right? And the goal is not always in general, like to sell the story that we're pitching, but to open the door for the next one. And then for them to remember that story that we did so that when the time is right, they'll pick it. That's like a really smart way to network with, people that you may not be able to get in touch with otherwise. You're like, mm -hmm. hey, we have a pitch. Also, the artwork is beautiful. We have full story development. We have a writer on our team. And if you ever have any other projects, you can get in touch with us, right? Exactly. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So it'll be interesting to see where, because if you just keep developing pitches, eventually you'll just have this massive amount of IP. And then yeah. hopefully they all get made at some point. But also, um, does that give you an opportunity to like change your style drastically and showcase new talents and stuff from from your oh, definitely. Team as well? Yeah, no, no. That's one. That's one of the things too. Like, I get bored uh, of myself doing the same thing, and that includes drawing the same way. Like, I, I I love when people say I have a style, and I like I wish I had a style too, but like not really, because I love to create new styles. Like in yeah. every story that we have, is like. How is this gonna look? And that's like my favorite part, doing all the research um, for that. And and I don't want people to know I draw it. I, I just wanna like make make it look really cool. And it doesn't matter who draw it. Like that's not whatever. Like I did it because I had to. But if I can put somebody that does it better here, do you do it? Nice. Um. So I'm wondering if we can go through the process of developing a pitch a little bit more, just because you've you've done a lot and you've pitched to at many competitions and companies and stuff. So you've got it like nailed down. Also, I think this is like a good time to plug the uh, pitch book basics PDF that you <laughs> created for this podcast. So if you're listening and you're interested in pitching, um, Katya and her studio has put together a PDF uh, uh, called pitch books basics, which you can download in uh, the description of this video. And it's basically a format on how to put together a pitch Bible with all of their tips included. And it's also very beautifully done. So uh, you can get that by downloading at the link in the description. And maybe we should talk about that. So yeah, uh, can you take me through the, sta the stages of, you know, nothing exists to you're in a meeting with a full pitch Bible, uh, like connecting with producers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's something that uh, we also had to learn on the way. So we as long as like the years passed, uh, stuff that like we adapted, but like, at the moment, like the way we do it is like either we find like a really interesting person or we find like a really cool topic that we like and we start like throwing balls to each other like here at the studio, like what about this? What about that? What do you think about this? And then we just come up with like a concept and then if we're all like engaged enough, it's like, okay, well, who are the characters, this and that? And then you start developing and when it sounds like a something that, that we're all on board, of course, like at this point, uh, the way I create stories is not only writing, I need to draw. So I know the characters better. So it will be some art already. And then we just start putting um, on some some similar kind of format of like the the little PDF that we created. Um, 
because that's useful. Like, if you can explain your story in a really basic way, then people will listen. Uh, it, you won't take a lot of time for anybody because uh, you don't want to be boring the room, right? And then when we have something that, like, well, I mean, visuals are really important, so we spend a lot of time on, like, the graphic design aspect of it. But when it looks good, um, we just compress it. We make, like, a little page that's, like, basically like a logo, the log line, and that's it. And that we send to our contacts. It's like, we have this. This is new. Are you interested? Uh-huh. And we cross fingers. Because if they say yes, we have two weeks to mount a pitch booklet. Oh, so you don't you don't actually go into the full development of what yeah. it is unless you get a yes. Yes. Interesting. I um, don't have like a, I mean, we have like a lot of writing material before because of course you want to know as much as you can. But if there's no interest, why am I going to spend time making a Bible, you know? Like I'll, I'll do it if somebody gives me like a meeting time and it's usually within two weeks. So there are two weeks of hell. Interesting. I that uh, that's a really smart way of doing it. Two weeks of hell, also, I guess. <laughs> it is. Um, do you feel like there have been ideas that you've really wanted to flesh out as a pitch bible because you really believe in them versus, um, I guess, this other format that you've been executing? Yes, um, and that's it. Really helped me to do those in the beginning because I felt if I haven't spent time developing the things I believe in, like um, Bibles, like I wouldn't have learned how to make a Bible, and I think. If now that I learn how to make a Bible, I can put a Bible really fast. But yeah. if I never have done it, then uh, I will put my foot in my mouth. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what do you do in those two weeks to put together the Bible? It's hell. Uh, we <laughs> we divide like uh, between like, so at the, at the office where like Marina and Lydia, which they're wonderful. Um, and they take most care of like the text. Uh, we make sure that like the whole thing fits in six pages, no more. Uh, we're really strict about it. But all the information that we give in the PDF must be on those six pages. Um, if shorter, better. Uh, and I take care of all the graphic design aspect. I mount like the pages. Um, and then we have so two weeks of help, right? So it needs to be done in a week and a half because we got to send it to the printer because we want to have a lift behind. Um, so it is a little bit of like overnight and like editing six pages is very difficult but sometimes we'll bring like only one page which is a bit more difficult than editing six pages because oh, uh, yeah. we really hammer on the text making sure that it's as creative as possible but it conveys the spirit of the property but it also says what they have to say but it also hits the thing that it needs to have a bible and we don't go on the branches you know and like goodbye well, what's that about now um and then we do some kind of presentation board so we also print um so it is a little bit intense, and we have to practice the pitch. So oh my gosh, all that happens. That's the most intimidating part, I'm sure. So, yeah. uh, what do you include in the what? What's like the secret? If you can share your secret sauce, what's the secret sauce where you're like, I can't wait for the production team to see this part of the pitch. Like, what do you like? What is that thing that you know is gonna like hit the nail on the head, get people excited about? I think most of the time is our characters. Like I think our characters have a lot of personality and I'm always really excited to let people know who they are and what they do and all their shenanigans. And I, I get overexcited about like, like I don't know, what what is it that they're doing, whatever, what is it that they're pitching? Um, and when people start like believing on them as I believe, then, then that's really cool. Even if they don't buy it, like, shit like the fact that like you can explain your own story to people and get make them excited that's just awesome 
And that's really hard to do. Can you give me an example of uh, like personality of a character? Like what would make a good personality? Uh, for us, we always try to have characters that have big flaws. Characters right. that like are not perfect, that they will need to learn something and the learning path is going to be a little bit painful, but also funny and makes it relatable. Um, I love especially like stories like when kids are like seven, eight, nine, because that's when you're like the most innocent of all. And I love creating <laughs> those characters that, that have big dreams that they don't know about the world, but they're also like little monsters because kids yeah. are little monsters. So, so like what's an example of a flaw that you'd give a character? Um, we have, for instance, in the werewolves, right? That, that's the one that we went to pitch. Uh, yeah. Then we have um, the main character, Hubert. Um, his biggest flaws and then he's unable to understand why he needs friends. Because oh. he has such a fun time on his own with his own little world that he created that he doesn't see the value in it. So therefore, every time we have to struggle with the thousand characters that we have in that thing, it, it's painful for him, but also like he's not allowing himself to have fun, but he's learning to have fun. Um, and that's really charming, I think. So yeah, things like that, that I, I don't know. I, think I, it's, I like that because like, I think a obvious character flaw would be like character A doesn't like spiders or something like it's too obvious and straightforward versus like that's something yeah. very tied to the personality that can be drawn out in many situations like I'm I'm already thinking like okay if he he makes worlds for himself and doesn't like friends but then ends up in situations where he needs a team to help him right. then that's like a struggle for him to get over and like can have a really nice message at the end and can be repeated too that's great yeah exactly you can you can put that uh also like i love the part where we have to put those little pieces on the episodes when we start thinking about episodes and then you have to like showcase how those flaws are going to make him stronger but like how is he going to struggle on that because i mean in the case of here for example he's going to become the leader of the pack <laughs> he has zero interest in being the leader of anybody and then that's right. something like really charming, like people waiting for him to decide, but he's really indecisive and just having to take on that role um, and see him learning. I, I think it's really fun to see that through the episodes. Yeah. So you've got this pitch package together that you've scrambled to do in a week and a half and get to the mm -hmm. printers. It's got a couple episodes. It's got the characters drawn out. You've got artwork. Um, you show up at the studio. What happens then? <laughs> then you show up at the studio and I, Actually, that's one of my favorite parts because I look forward to see the people that we're going to see. Like, I feel like um, we develop a relationship, um, like, other than also pitching because I see them either quite often or, like, I see them in competitions. Uh, so I get to know how they are doing and all of that. Uh, and then we get into the middle of the thing. Uh, and it's basically trying to explain in the simplest way possible but without losing the spark what it is about. Um, and they always want to know why it's important for you. Um, mm. So you got to be prepared for that question. Like, why are you telling this story to me? And why is it you that you need to tell this story? So if you're telling a story uh, because unicorns are trendy, that's going to come across. Uh, but if it just happened that when you were a kid, uh, you were in the hospital and this unicorn toy was what saved you. And now, you know, unicorns are really important to you. And you want to tell a unicorn story because that saved your childhood. That's a good story. Okay. Do you make those stories up as well? Uh, actually, because <laughs> no, you have I, dozens of dozens of pitches at this point in your library. Are they all super connected to somebody personally in the? Yes, actually, yes. Like I, I always try to grab. I mean, parts of my life that's been really interesting or really bizarre, and try to put either if it's not 
um, myself personally, but like things from my childhood, like for instance, for again, the werewolves one example, right? Is about dogs. Do I love dogs particularly? No, but my best friend. You don't love dogs? I mean, I have a dog. <laughs> I love. You have dog. a dog and don't love dogs. Okay, what I are love you dogs. Dogs is a big thing. It's like I love fishes. I have a fish. I love the fish. Mm, fishes in general, they're fine. But uh, I like dogs, and I know so much about dogs because my best friend loves dogs, and she studied a degree on like uh, dog training when I was going to the comic school, and that was her passion. And I just got driven into it, and I just wanted to write a story that like she liked because she likes dogs so much. Oh, that's nice. um, so it started like that. That's really cool. Um, so when you, so you've seen a lot of pitches because you've also done a lot of pitch competitions um, and I'm sure you've just researched other pitches and stuff for your own interest. Mm -hmm. What is the biggest gap that you see in other pitches um, that people are missing? I think sometimes, like and that's actually like a really interesting um, idea because I've been breathing like certainly recently too about like when I was putting the PDF right and I'm like what is it uh, that I see and stuff and sometimes nobody really talk about ideas like if the idea is good or is bad and I think that's really important and sometimes people like jump into the pitch um, thing without thinking is that really worth it like are other ideas like this and sometimes most of the time I feel like if, if you thought about it you could see there is something uh, like it and then you have to be smart and be like, okay, what makes mine different? But a lot of pitches I see, uh, they just try to be exactly like Gravity Falls or exactly like this. But those things exist already. And if those yeah. things are so successful, it's because nothing was like that before. Um, so I think I think the idea part is a big thing for me. Um, and, and I see people pitching stories because they think the characters are really cool, but this is a buzzword, you know? Yeah. So do you think starting with a really solid idea of what it, why you're pitching this idea in the first place and what it means to you should be the first thing that, that comes through in the development stage? I don't know if it should be the first thing, but it should be a question that you ask to yourself. Yes. Because uh, I felt like you're going to be asked and, and it needs to be something that like you care. And of course you can be like, for instance, like the dogs thing, I think it's funny because it's like, I, I don't really particularly, I'm not crazy about dogs. However, I have a good story with dogs because this is why I care about dogs. Yeah. Uh, and this is why I like them. Um, so you don't have to be completely in love with uh, what you do, but you do need a personal connection with it, if that makes sense. Okay, that does make sense. And like you described in your process, so like you throw around ideas and characters until something works and then you, you further develop that idea. I like it. Okay, so you're... You're in the room. Uh, mm -hmm. What now? You're just like, hi, uh, here's my pitch. Goodbye. Really. You know what? Actually, uh, before pitching, there is like two or three minutes of personal casual chat talk that's more important than the pitch itself. Oh, yeah? So like I how's think, the weather? I think being a human first and being a storyteller second is a, a great asset. I think uh, being able to approach any person that's giving you time to listen to the story in a human level, like how is your day, um, you've been busy, uh, how was your Christmas going, or how is your family, like any anything uh, like that that puts you on a human level, um, because if not, you're a business asset, you know? Um, right. and, and there's so many business assets. You wanna be a person telling 
a personal story, right? And if you just a business asset telling a story, it's not meaningful for anybody. I mean, that makes sense when you watch like America's Got Talent or all these other shows. Uh, the people that get further have like such an emotional story attached to their talent that you just can't not pay attention to them. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh, this little girl was an orphan and now she's singing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like stuff like that. But but it, it does matter. And, and even like casual, like, I don't know, saying thank you or hello. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Like little things or... Thank you for your time. Like all, all of that is really important because if you just sit and vomit your story, then everybody gets like, whoa, I know yeah. you're coming for this, but like they put a wall, you know? Right. So even though you're like sweating and nervous and like got a butterflies in your stomach, just remember to like chill a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, so I, how I, does the actual... They're my friends. I'm like, are we friends? We're friends. We're totally yeah. friends. <laughs> Even if you don't know that, we'll be friends by the end of this meeting. Okay. <laughs> I like I like that. Like these people are my friends. We're gonna be friends by the end of this meeting. That's that's yeah. a good idea. Right? So how do you actually pitch the actual thing? Like, do studios usually have like a a TV setup or a projector or something? Or you you I said do. you print the materials? Yeah. So this this is what it is. Everybody usually brings like a really nice USB uh, with all their images. Um, I hate technology. Because uh, for me, it's like, what's the format? And I get really nervous and I have a Mac, but what if it's a PC? What if it doesn't work? And da, da, da. And no, I want to be there and present my story. I don't want to be worried about technical nonsense. It's a yeah. little room. So I bring prints. Uh, I bring something that they can hold, that they can see, that I can grab one or another if that's what they think. It can disorganize if the pitch doesn't really go on the way I plan it because they got more interested in this and not that. I feel if you have a click or... Um, First of all, there's like a disconnection between the person and, and the screen. And second, like, you cannot go back and forth and you're like, ah, I lost control. I got like 20 slices. I don't know which one, you know, and it's really stressful. Uh, but if you're like nicely sitting with a person and like showing printed material, uh, people respond really well. People like books, people like images that they can touch. Um, it's great. I mean, why reject it? Yeah, it's a good idea. I like that a lot. Um especially because like you can put something in their hands that they can immediately yeah. like look at on their own time versus like can you go back a slide and they're probably not going to say that or whatever and they're not going to say that they will never say that yeah so how does how does the actual pitch go you just you just walk them through the the bible that you put together do you like uh no i never put text in front of people um i always have boards with images and then I'm like, oh, so this is the characters. And I pass the next board. It's like, this is some sort of the adventure. Sometimes they have art and sometimes they have like, just like mood boards, like image research. Okay. Um, and sometimes there are sketches, like it doesn't really matter. Something that makes it look good. Uh, it's good to bring like nice little boards, but not too many because then it's like, you have 20. It's like, you're not gonna have time to show 20 things, right? So be really selective and it's just like, you just show enough so people get interested. The idea is not, you're not going to sell a pitch on spot. Like, they need to invite you again. They need yeah. to be interested. And that's, you just need to make them, like, curious and interested and and enough to give you feedback, you know? So how do you, like, sometimes when I'm trying to, like, sell an idea that I have to somebody else, it may not be a pitch, it could be, like, a classmate or somebody else. Yeah. I'm, like, trying to force their interest sometimes. And I can tell I'm doing that, and it doesn't always... It comes across that way, like, you know what I mean? And, some, and, and for me, if somebody is like 
pushing their idea, I immediately back off and I'm like, even if it's a good idea, I'm not having this conversation. Right, exactly. I just like kind of like go into like, uh-huh, uh-huh mode. So yeah. how do you how do you create that interest in like a natural way in the room with somebody that you really haven't met before with like something that you're so anxious about, I guess? Uh, well, that's where a little like um, chit chat before and I don't really push uh, the, the pitch really fast. Uh, so I try to get like a sense of the person Mm. And when I'm pitching, uh, when you're like saying certain words, you can see if people react, if people take notes. And then something's like breaking up in questions, uh, being like, oh, like, you know, like, you remember when you were a kid? Like, how is how was it to be a kid for you? And then try to use their answer to relate to your story somehow. Uh, yeah, nice. like, like uh. I think uh, if you take a pitch as just like me presenting and then saying goodbye, you get the chance to know who are these people that you're pitching to. But if you have it a little more interactive and then people feel included and they feel like they're participating, sure, then they like it or not at the end. Uh, but they need to like you too, you know? Yeah, I'm like taking all the mental notes for myself because <laughs> I like want to pitch more myself. So I'm like, well, you're yes, recording, yes, so you're going to be. So you already said like, you want to leave it up to them but how do you end the conversation versus like and that's the pitch and like any questions questions are done and it's like okay we'll call you you'll call us type like how do you leave how do you leave the room in a good way uh usually like that yeah like usually there are like um yeah i ask like oh there's any questions uh, do you have any immediate thoughts and they're like yes or no and they're like oh send me these um thing on the email because they always want like email track uh we bring them usually like a little like leave behind which is kind of like a booklet or like a little cover something that they can keep and they can show around if that's what they want uh mm -hmm. we kind of agree on follow back through email and then i'm like so any plans for the weekend what are you gonna do again that like kind of like human uh, touch, like because you don't want to be like okay goodbye i did um you did the service for me you listen to my story and now i must leave the room yeah, you know, it's just like yeah. being nice about it, or like, oh, or like we're always like joking, like, oh, sorry, I hope it was not very dense. And like, no, and they give you feedback actually, like about how did you present. It's like, oh, you were a little bit like talking a little bit fast in the beginning, but then you got more calmed down, and that's great feedback. That's like staff was like, okay, I need to calm down before I vomit all this information. <laughs> right, right, I gotcha. And then I guess, do you do any sort of follow up afterwards? Yes. I do. Um, I'm not like, I don't send emails like when I'm sitting in my car, like after it. I usually like, if they told me to send stuff, um, of course, like I, I take like no more than 24 hours because they mean it, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then I give like two, three weeks when I follow back, I'm like, hey, any feedback? And then they're like, yeah, there was another cup of tea or yeah, you know what? Like, uh, we're not going to take it, but this is what we thought. And this is great. Like when they give you feedback, it's like, we're not gonna take it, but this is this is um, what we like about it, or what we didn't like, or sometimes like, oh, you know, we're not into dogs, but we're thinking about blank, and you're like, haha, <laughs> my <laughs> library. And three months later, it's like, remember you mentioned? I just happen to have an idea about this now, so <laughs> sliding in there. <laughs> no, I love it. You've got a whole strategy, and also, uh, you said before, you're also trying to like sell who you are as a studio, not just here's a here's like a, a a business asset that you can have that we created. You're like, yeah, developing a relationship and stuff. And that's really good. And I I really like 
um, the three weeks follow up asking for feedback because that's like a really uh, non-confrontational reminder for them to reach out right. to like talk to you again. And also like a, like people love giving feedback like yes. everybody has an opinion and, and like they're gonna if if they care they're gonna give it to you right so yeah yeah uh, um cool is there anything else that you wanted to cover on pitching because i do want to talk a little bit about the conferences um before we move on but is there anything else that you wanted to talk about the yeah. pitching I think one one last thing that uh, I think that was like a lesson I learned uh, and it's kind of quick so I'm not gonna waste a lot of time but also when you go uh, on the pitch don't go with the hopes they're gonna give you a job because yes. a lot of people go with the hopes it's like they're gonna discover me and I'm gonna be a showrunner and they can sense that and <laughs> just just leave that at home like nobody needs it like if, if that's gonna happen it will happen but not because you want it because they want it that's a good point yeah yeah. It's, it's like leave your ego at the door kind of. Yes. Nice. Um, that's really great advice. And I do want to talk about um, all the conferences you've been to because you've been to like every animation conference there is maybe. <laughs> I mean, that, that's all them, but lots of them. Yes. Yeah, that's how we met originally back at yep. Taffy in Toronto last uh, fall. So um, can you just give me a rundown of like the conferences? I guess maybe you can organize them for like conferences for like beginners who are just getting into animation versus like conferences that are great for pitching or like conferences that are great to like get a job out of or something like I don't know right. however you categorize them when you go to them. Mm, yeah, it really it really is what you say. It really depends uh, what you what you want to get out of it, right? Like if you're just let's say you're just starting in animation, you're fairly new, you're like first year of college or like out of high school, you have no idea about animation, for example. I think uh, and, and you may like storytelling or not, or you may like drawing or not, but you just love animation, right? Um, I think going to something like, like CTN or Lightbox that are here in Burbank, I think are great opportunities because not only they have like a lot of really cool panels, but they also have everybody in. Um, and it's really easy to meet uh, not only people that you admire, but people in the same position that you are. And I feel like the the best thing for me of animation is just the journey with your friends. Like you yeah. make these friends uh, and you learn together and they're going to be your best network and your best contacts, but also your best support system, right? Um, so for a person that like enters uh, this giant world that doesn't know anything, I think this is like a great, um, it's a great way. And and yeah, all, most of my best friends I actually met at CDN, uh, and I'm really proud of it. So I'm I'm glad I went, and it did so well to me. Like any of other competitions, like even if you're like, oh, I'm interested in freelancing, just have a booth on any of those, and like sell your art and see what people have to say. And even if you don't sell anything, because the point is not really selling, it's just getting feedback, I think, so you can mm -hmm. be better, right? Yeah. Um, so those are great opportunities. Sure, they're a little bit expensive, but then since we're all gonna talk about other competitions, there are competitions that are way more expensive. So for me, this is like, pew. <laughs> so yeah, those are uh, good for that. Um, if you are a writer, um, like and you're interested in animation perhaps going to this uh, competition is good so you can team up with like really wonderful artists um artists also always need writers so it's great for you too um and there's the pitching competitions are interesting because i didn't know that they existed until i started looking them into google and and then i was like wow so they're not only one they're just many 
and there are different times of the year and different parts of the world. That means I can travel. Yay! <laughs> so which ones so, have you been to? So you've been to CTN, Lightbox, Taffy. You mentioned the other one in... Um, you, I'm really bad with info. We've been in the other Canadian one that's in Ottawa, OIFA. Ottawa, I, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And that one, uh, I've been in comic conferences in Europe. Like I've been in the Barcelona Comic um, Festival. And then I've been in Angoulême, which is for, for comic books in France. Uh, then I've been in Korea for the SPP, which is the Seoul Promotional Plan, which the name have nothing to do with it, uh, but it is for pitches and it is for animation. Uh, then I've been in which one? Oh, we've been in one in uh, Florida, in Miami. It's called Mia or something like that. And then we submitted to every other one that have a really late, like little pay fee. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So you've pretty much been around around the block when it comes to animation conferences, but I guess you said CTN is and Lightbox are kind of your recommended go-tos if you're getting into all this and and uh, like want to know more and meet people. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I feel like even like Taffy uh, is for people that they already know what they want to do. You know, it's like very specific for either pitches or like kind of getting something out of it. But if yeah. Like you wouldn't know there if you don't know anything about it. I think it will be like a little bit like you'll be confused because the the information is really specific. Um, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Cool. So um, maybe just in wrapping it all up, what's mm -hmm. I know you said you're on year four out of five, but what's next for you right now? Well, uh, so we're trying this book thing. Uh, see how that happens. Uh, we just started with like a new collaborator, so let's see how that goes. Uh, I'm really excited about what we can make together. Um, then what else? We started a Patreon. Um, I know it's like it's going to be slow and painful, but I'm ready for this. Yeah. Um, Do you want to talk about uh, the Patreon a little bit? Because I think uh, it's interesting what you're offering there. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll doing experiments, uh, but we're, we want to have a Patreon uh, that somehow is a place for everybody that's interested in pitching. Um, I feel like we got a lot of like knowledge on the go and then, you know, I know it's really hard to find good information about like pitching, so we're willing to share our experience and we're willing to put out like what it worked for us, what didn't work for us, and hopefully uh, people like learn because I feel like in a lot of uh, pitching advice it's usually very generic and you're like okay you're giving me all these buzzwords but how is that applicable and how how can I do it but we are going to provide the example of our stories and how we did it and how we failed or how we succeed and how we change right. it based on the notes uh, we won't give names of like the studios that we went but the story is the same it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. Will you also be giving feedback for people if they want to get their pitch looked at or something like that too? Uh, we'll look into later on when we start like opening more tiers uh, because yeah. it's, feedback gives a lot of like time. Yeah, uh, it's very time consuming, like art feedback, any kind of feedback. But I mean, I would love to. Like, I don't see why that would not happen naturally eventually. Sure. Um, so, uh, if you could talk to somebody who's getting into pitching right now, what would be your best advice for them? Or even just smaller, little, littler Katya when she was getting into it. <laughs> right. Uh, I will say, um, try to finish a Bible. Like, just go ahead and try it. And it's um, just not, don't put like all your eggs in the basket. Like, have that as a yes, I want to do this, but also what's next, yeah. just in case, because it's always have, it's great to have a, you know, plan B. 
But if you're serious about pitching, um, just just make it and let people know and let your friends know and get feedback and listen what they have to say and like adapt it and change it and change it. And when you feel it's ready, uh, bring it to competitions, bring it to places. There are like many wonderful um, places like like Taffy. We had a wonderful experience there. We met you and we met like every yeah. other people in the same boat. And you're like, oh, there is more people doing this. This is great. <laughs> it's funny that you said just get started because so I started going to Sheridan College in 2018 in the fall. But before that, I was actually developing a pitch Bible. But I was like so caught up in like the nitty gritty details that I didn't even like, I don't even have anything more than just sketches. It's just been in my mind this whole time because I've been like almost too scared to, to right. like put it together. I don't know why. I feel like that's a common thing for people, though. They get so worked up in their heads while well, I'm getting so worked up on my head. And I'm yeah. like. I, it's, I made it a goal for my, this, myself this summer to just put it on paper, no matter yes. what. That's um, very important. That's super important. I don't know why it's, it's like the, it's like, I don't know why it's such a big deal in my mind, but it's, you're right when you say just get started and just put it on. Yeah. Make, so I like that advice a lot. I'm going to take that advice. <laughs> And yeah. then I'll, you can follow up with me in the fall and be like, did you do it? And I'll have Did to, you do I'll it? Have accountable for <laughs> have that. have to. <laughs> Well, is there anything else you'd like to share before we um, wrap it all up? No, I think, I mean, I, I, I say a lot. I can talk for hours, so you don't want that. <laughs> I think it <laughs> thank was, you for the, yeah. Thank you for the blur. <laughs> it was, uh, no, it was excellent. I, I was like, I don't know if you heard me typing, but I was like taking notes <laughs> throughout the talk, and I'll probably listen to it again. But um, thanks so much for coming on the chat. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Thanks for the opportunity. Like I, I had a lot of fun too. And, and I love talking about this thing. So thank you, really. Excellent. And if you're listening and you'd like to get in touch with Katya and follow her work or Glow in the, Glow in the Dark Studio, you can do so by following their website, which is Glow in the Dark Studio, sorry, Glow in the Dark Concept Studio.com or their Instagram, which is the same name, or you can check out their Patreon, uh, which you mentioned before. And I'll include all those links in the description of this podcast, including the pitch book uh basics that she put together as well so make sure you download that because it's free and that's mm -hmm. all for now so thanks so much for listening okay bye mm -hmm.